Welcome to BBB Books, Bevs, and Babes, an irreverent virtual book club with two book-loving brown girls. I'm Shia. And I'm Jenica. Hi, welcome. Welcome to episode 12, everybody. Um, This was such a delight for me. I just have to put that out there. Um, It was my pick, and I am just, um, just so happy. (laughs) <laughs> let's start um let's start with our drinks for me i chose to pair um the starbucks pink drink um i just felt like it gave me the same feeling um as this book did which is it was sweet it was delicious and um just like refreshing and i love to um I love that drink, especially on a summer day. And the pink of it sort of reminded me of what I imagined her pink muslin dress to be like that she <laughs> um, that she wore to the to the ball. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it's called in a summer haze, and it's just like a an alcoholic drink, but it has like vodka. It's a cocktail. Yeah, it's a cocktail, and it has like actually a couple of different alcohols in it. But it's paired with like grapefruit, and um, it's just like orange, and has like a nice little orange peel in it. But it reminded me of um, the many, many times she was like scrying into the scrying mm-hmm. is it a verb mm-hmm. <laughs> into the mirror, and it was like hazy. And so I like the name of the drink. It's in a haze. All right. So um, why don't you read our synopsis for this book, please? All so right. so this is um, Half a Soul by Olivia Atwater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. It's difficult to find a husband in Regency England when you're a young lady with only half a soul. Ever since she was cursed by a fairy, Theodora Eddings has had no sense of, embar- of fear or embarrassment, a condition which makes her prone to accidental scandal. Dora hopes to be a quiet, sensible wallflower during the London season, but when the strange, handsome, and utterly uncouth Lord Sorcier, Sorcier, Sorcier. Um, <laughs> Sorcier discovers her condition, she is instead drawn into a dangerous and peculiar fairy affairs. If Dora's reputation can survive both her curse and her sudden connection with the least liked man in all of society, then she may yet reclaim her normal place in the world. But the longer Dora spends with Elias Wilder, the more she begins to suspect that one may indeed fall in love even with only half a soul. Haha, <laughs> get it? Bridgerton, this is kind of like Bridgerton meets Howl's Moon Castle in this enchanting historical fantasy where the only thing more meddlesome than fairies is a marriage-minded mother. That's the synopsis. I never read Bridgerton. Or oh, is it, yes. is it a book? It's a, it's a book series. Uh, oh, and yeah, I've never even seen it. They're very good. I, I read them like before they became um, the series. The, the TV the, series is very good. What about the other one that's mentioned? Howl's Moon no, Moving Castle. That's like that's like kind of anime, like Japanese anime type of like a. It's a. I think it's a movie, um, and I'm not really interested in that, so I have not seen it. But I know lots <laughs> of people do like it. I don't know. I've never seen it, so I don't know that reference. But it it does give um, Bridgerton vibes if Bridgerton was fantasy, um, or had a fantastical element to it. I like loved, loved this book. This book was like the perfect amalgamation of like my my favorite two genres, which is historical romance set in Regency period. I lo- like 
give me all the bodice rippers. Like I want all <laughs> of the like, oh, I must not be, I must not have a scandal before my, ta- before the tone during my season. <laughs> like these words, like all of this, the everything surrounding, like how they talked in this book, like all of this Regency dialect. I, I am in that. That is my favorite that's my favorite like non-fantasy type of book to read is like historical romance set in this period. So this is like right up my alley. And then the fact that they added the fairy detail, like the the little, it was like a fairy tale with fairies set in <laughs> Regency period. You know, it was just like the best. I loved this book. <laughs> I liked that it was short. Yes, it was short. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> I, mean, I, for me, I there was a lot of like, like Rumpelstiltskin meets a little bit of Harry Potter. I feel like Harry Potter is in a lot of my. <laughs> well, because that's books. the only that's the only fantasy you've read that's like your touched your touchstone, right? Like that's your yeah. only fantasy that you've ever read. So everything fantasy related is going to feel like that to you because mm-hmm. that's the only fantasy you've ever read. If you were like as deeply involved in fantasy as I've been my like entire life, um, you know, you wouldn't co- consider that your only like source of like fantasy that you've ever Oh, but I've read. read a lot of fantasy because of you, like Akatar, the whole Akatar series. That's true. But like but like you you now have <laughs> under your belt two fantasy series, one of them being Harry Potter, one of them being Aquatar, <laughs> and like now three or four fantasy like standalones or or first novels of of series mm-hmm. that haven't been good, so you haven't wanted to continue. I mean, Aquatar obviously very good, but but the other ones not so much. So you don't like I said, your 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 touchstone is not the same as mine. Like I, I wouldn't compare this to Harry Potter at all, but I've read a ton of, I've read a ton of fantasy. Well, the only thing I'm comparing is like the, the, when she's scrying in the mirror, that just Mm. made me think of like Dumbledore with his pensieve. And Mm -hmm. that that was the only thing. See, and like the the pensieve was totally made up, but scrying is a concept that is like very, very like has been known for a long time like people used to think people could do that like in real life like when oh. they were burning witches at the stake they would cons- they would think that people could scry in mirrors to 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 look into the past or look into the future or look at what somebody is doing in another room like that is a that is a fantasy element that is like entrenched so the pensive was totally made up but scrying the idea of scrying is like totally normal in fantasy oh see i didn't even know yeah that. exactly okay. yeah that's so cool. that's what i'm saying like your your touchstone is different than yeah. mine because scrying is in every fantasy novel that has magic almost all of them will have some mm-hmm. version of and they call it that so you would know um but that's what i mean like i think it's if you if your only like main reference like that you really love is that when you're reading fantasy it's you know you're going to be comparing it to that yeah that's true yeah that is true okay so let's get into it there's going to be some spoilers do you want to go through kind of Mm. like a summary yeah so dora um was a precocious child who um who apparently whose mother bargained with her soul when (laughs) when her mother is dead we don't ever find out what happened to her mother except for that she died um but that before she died she had bargained her soul to lord hollowvale a fairy lord royalty i guess that um and uh, so Lord Hollowvale k- tried to come to collect her, his, her soul when she was really young. 
And as he was in the middle of collection, her cousin Vanessa stabbed him in the back of the leg with a pair of iron scissors. And so he wasn't able to complete the process. And so he left with half of her soul. And so (laughs) after that, she was a changed person. She didn't experience, I felt like she went from being neurotypical to neuroatypical. Like she went from being able to experience the, you know, broad range of emotions to only being able to feel, she called it emotions with a long tail. So like basically longer term emotions, like she would feel contentment, but not joy. She would feel, um, some like some confusion and some like injustice but not necessarily anger so like quick fleeting emotions no longer she doesn't feel them completely numb to them but she still felt like a longer underlying emotions and so that was how she was affected and you know obviously back in regency period england if you are not a if you don't act normally within the societal expectations then nobody's going to want you she already didn't have like a dowry because she was an orphan she was being raised by her aunt with her cousin who her cousin who absolutely loved her vanessa the one who stabbed the guy in the leg and um she just didn't really have any prospects and back then you know you're a woman you don't own land you don't own anything you don't have a business and you were just property of whoever has guardianship over you and she was basically you know useless (laughs) and had no prospects but in Vanessa and her parents were weren't her parents like lords and ladies yeah, or something? Her, her dad yeah. her dad was like royalty, not royalty, not royalty. Her her dad was a lord of some kind, and um, the thing with that is that like that her Vanessa is um, the only kid that they had, and back then the title doesn't pass and nothing passes to girls, and so when he died, his title would be passed to like the closest relative, which is usually like a cousin or somebody, and so then the mom would be out on at the mercy of whoever Vanessa gets married to, so Vanessa has to make a good match so that her mom has a place to live when the dad <laughs> so dies. So her mom is well fed. <laughs> correct. Yes, correct. So there's a lot of pressure on, there was a lot of pressure on females, on women in that time period because you could not own anything and all of your life is completely dependent on um, the marriage that you make. And so it is a completely, a very competitive market and it's like you you just have to, you have to, play by the rules of society in order to make a good match so that you don't die (laughs) because like for example (laughs) in the book they had a chaperone miss jennings who was in her 30s who also was born to nobility her her dad was a lord but he died and um her and of course she didn't get anything from there. So she is at the mercy of people paying her. She's very poor and she just and like she does get shepherd. married. She didn't get married because, yeah. you know, for one reason or another. And so this is like we see Miss Jennings as like the fate that these people that that Dora and Vanessa could end up in. And it's a scare a very scary fate. Nobody wants to end up like Miss Jennings. You know, you wanna make the best match that you can, have the best marriage possible so that you and your children and your parent and your mother will be taken care of. That's what it is. So no pressure. That's why having, huh? <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. It's so much pressure. And this can like <laughs> explain some of the reasons why like Aunt Frances is like such a raging bitch. Mm-hmm. It's like she hasn't, you know, if you, have you ever read um, Pride and Prejudice? No, I haven't. 
You've never read it. Have you ever seen it? No. No. I can't believe you. I cannot believe you. Okay. (laughs) So, um, Jane Austen, you know, read, wrote a lot of, um, a lot of novels like about the nobility. She was part of the nobility right then, back then. And so all of her novels are kind of like set in that time period, obviously. And, um, she kind of plays with like how this all works out you know, she talks about it a lot because that's her lived experiences. She's in that and she kind of pokes fun at it and she kind of, you know, satirizes it a little bit. But, um, you know, you see this play out in every period piece, the way these dynamics work of like women having no agency they have except for to matchmake. Like the, the best, the only way to get ahead is to make the best match possible. And the worst fate that you can have as like a woman is you get married to like the count or the viscount or the duke and you only have girl children Mm -hmm. because the the title is not going to pass to them and if you don't have a boy child who you can live with when the title passes to them then you're screwed so all you can do is try to make the best matches possible for your daughter so that you have a place to live when your husband dies like it's just this is what it is anyway this is the world that we are in i could I could tell you every detail about living in like as a noble, like as a noble person in Regency England. I have it all but because of all the books that I've read. Um, so anyway, Dora and Vanessa grow up and uh, they are it's time for Vanessa to like find a husband, basically. And Dora is a lost cause because she is a weirdo and <laughs> she's like just along for the ride she's along for the try. ride they don't even try with her they don't even they just like don't even want her around because mm-hmm. they think she's gonna ruin like any match that Vanessa can make Vanessa is like absolutely beautiful she is like the perfect specimen she's, she's kind kind ladylike yeah. like you know can play the part perfectly and she's actually like very nice to Dora too like very fiercely loyal and and loving towards her and so, like, anytime her mom basically wants to turn Dora out on the street, you know, Vanessa won't let it happen. And that plays throughout the whole book. So they decide, um, they, they, like, put together a ball at the beginning of the book um, in, like, the county that they were living in, in the countryside. And, of course, like, not the best men, not the most suitable men are there. And so, it's like the country folk. It's the country folk. And so then they decide, like, this is not going to work out. They decide to go to, like, actual London and stay with, I don't remember the name of the lady that they're staying with, a countess of some yeah, kind. Yeah, some lady or countess. Who allows them to come and stay either. with her. I don't remember her name, but she's Fairchild? Maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, don't she know. comes and lets it because she wants company because she's, like, alone in, in London and she wants company during the season. And she's happy happy to help try to match make. Anyway, they get there and they promptly tried to ignore Dora's existence and they like go and do stuff without her. And so Dora like just decides one day she's just going to go for a walk. And normally you can't do that in society because you need to have a chaperone if you are an unmarried young female. She's only 19, um, but that's like almost on the shelf for back then. Like you should have been matched and married by then. She goes for a walk and she ends up somehow in the pouring rain and she ends up like shoving herself into like what turns out to be a magic shop and she's looking into a mirror and then um, she hears somebody like come up behind her and make some rude comments. <laughs> and <it's, laughs> uh, It is our intrepid Lord Sorcier Elias. What was his last name? Wilder. Yeah. And uh, and 
she makes his acquaintance, which again, you're not supposed to do as like a young unmarried female in Regency England. You're not supposed to like talk to men that you are not formally introduced to. So it's already like kind of a faux pas. She starts off and he's immediately extremely rude to her and she just gives it right back to him Mm -hmm. because she can't even be mad at the things that he's saying. She literally cannot be mad at the things that he's saying to rile (laughs) her up. She's incapable of it. And so she just responds to him in such like an unusual way that he becomes intrigued by her. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he's also there with this friend, Albert, mm -hmm. who is the son of a Lord. Yeah. The fourth son of a Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad for him. Yeah. It's bad for him. He's like a nice guy. And a physician. Yeah, and a physician, which apparently is not great then. You're not... Okay, in nobility, <laughs> in nobility in that time period, you should not have a job. Like having... A, <laughs> truly, having a job is frowned upon. You're supposed to just make money by having like your your estate make money for you. Like the people that live on your land are supposed to sell the stuff that you have on your land and pay you in tax. And that's how you're supposed to have money. It is. It was frowned upon to work. Like you, you, you know, so back then, if you had a first son, he was the heir. If you had a second son, he went to the army. If you had a third son, he became a priest or like a, or like a, yeah, he became a priest. And then fourth and beyond, like you have too many, you have too many children now. Good luck. So he became a physician (laughs) and was like an army physician. That's where they met. They went um, in the army. And so this is set in the time period of, in like a, like a fantasy time period of like after they had defeated Napoleon's army. Yeah. So this is like, like if after, date the French Revolution, after the French Revolution, right? Not the revolution, the war, oh. the war oh. between um, England and France. Oh. Um, which is different. Yeah. So anyway, I kept saying the French Revolution. Um, mm, got it. Okay. See, and this is how much I like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were some parts that I was like. Oh, this is just like a old day Indian matchmaking. Yes, or Jewish matchmaking. It is or whatever. The you understand? Show yes, is. you understand of like course, the matchmaking yeah. process. But it was like that, do or die back then. Like it truly no. was. And that part I did, I did find entertaining. But mm-hmm. and I, I definitely so going back to Dora and Elias, their like witty ban- banter. I thought it was I thought it was really it's, entertaining. Going it was back and forth and very his friend like Albert kind of in the mix too, and he also was dishing it and also taking it. Um, I enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. I think all the like other details of it, I was kind of like, eh, not I don't interesting know. to you. Yeah, yeah. I think the the fairy, like, going into the fairy world and all that kind of stuff, I was a little bit like, hmm, how is this tying together? That was very, like, that was a very much a fairy tale mm-hmm. part of it. Like, not necessarily, like, a fantasy. That was a fairy tale. They're, they're different. Like, a fairy tale... Um, has fairy in it but like it it's you know like you tell you have you ever read like any of the Hans Anderson like the Brothers Grimm like those little fairy tales it was similar like like to that for me it was it was um you know she lost half of her soul and her quest is to find it and then she goes there and it didn't kind of happen you know things didn't happen as it was expected but um it was a quest there was a bad fairy and they defeat the bad fairy in the end and it didn't quite end as expected but I actually liked really liked how it ended you know (laughs) because you know so basically they basically strike up this 
you know, the start of this friendship with Albert and she thinks, okay, if I can get like, um, Albert to meet Vanessa, maybe they can have a match. This guy is really great. He's very, very nice. And I think he'd be a good um, match for Vanessa. So she literally says, Hey, I have a really pretty cousin. Do you want to meet her? Why don't you invite (laughs) us to your ball? (laughs) Oh, and the thing about Albert is that he has a completely uh, like a, like a completely silver arm because he lost an arm in the war and (laughs) Elias like made him a new arm and hand out of silver. Um, so he's a cripple basically, which is another thing that devalues him. It was a bad time period. Everything devalued you. Um, and so, so they eventually like start going to meet each other and I don't know, it's like a lot of back and forth. I don't think we need to go into like, um, Elias being kind of a, like a rabble rouser. He's not nice. He really sticks out because he doesn't, he refuses to play by like society's rules. Mm -hmm. Um, and he like has a lot of contempt for like the tone, all the nobility basically because he thinks it's all frivolous and it's like doesn't all of it doesn't matter and he's seen he comes from being very very poor himself he worked in workhouses as a child and like he just like has a lot of contempt for people with tons of money and and like not the ability to like help others and so that's where he has a lot of anger and so he takes it out on everybody but and he can get away with it because he became a lord during the war for like being a magician who like saved the army and helped win the war basically. So he's like a favored person of the Lord Regent. So um, Prince Regent, excuse me. So basically the prince loves him. And uh, <laughs> even though he's unconventional. Yeah. And so what ends up happening he has a is good heart. he has a very good heart. <laughs> so we find we don't know this at first. We just kind of think he's an asshole. And then eventually we find out that like, he's working on trying to cure this sleeping plague that's that's affecting children in the workhouses and the workhouses are like a place truly that were a place in like regency england where poor people worked but it was basically like indentured servitude pretty much yeah and they were treated horribly horribly, horrible horrible conditions conditions. yeah and so albert the physician would go to workhouse after workhouse and like uh, administer to the patients the people there and um dora was sort of roped in to being his assistant and miss jennings too she was forced into it initially yeah she was forced into it initially so that he could spend they could spend more time together because they were trying to like foist albert off on her Mm -hmm. and um she ended up like being like this is the cause that i'm very passionate about and um Miss Jennings was her was her um, chaperone. chaperone and Miss Jennings, who used to be a governess and like, you know, she had she was also had an aptitude for it. Like she had a good like a healthy constitution. She wasn't scared of like the sick and the dying and it, it didn't put her off and she wasn't faint of heart. And she like went in there with like vigor and like a, and like energy and like was ready to like help make a difference so much so that she caught the eye of albert yeah. <laughs> that was random i love that actually i i could t- sense that that was happening oh, because they I were liked like i liked it too but yeah. i mean it's just like well because again I, she's off reaching. she's been off the shelf like she is now a spinster like in her 30s like it was a scandal that she and Albert got together in the end. Like it really was like knowing this time period, it was a very scandalous situation. Like you would think that sounds great. They like suit each other, right? No, this was, even though he's a fourth son, like he was still 
Like it was still like not his best match. Right. <laughs> um, so anyway, they're trying to figure out what the sleeping sickness is all about. So that's like kind of her quest as she helps Albert and um, Elias uh, apparently doesn't want to learn French. And so yeah, all apparently the language of magic is in French. So he needs <laughs> he needs Albert and um, and Dora. Dora to help translate French for him. And I felt so, like that part was. Really, yeah, I was like, like why, is, why? it was a, it was a <laughs> it was a um, mechanism to get them to continue yeah. to talk to each other. Right. Because otherwise, why are they why are they continuing to keep contact Mm -hmm. and they find out that she has the ability to scry in mirrors that was like what happened in the magic shop when they first started she saw a a a like image of herself or like a like almost like deja vu a vision of herself with like dripping red liquid all over her pink muslin dress (laughs) um and elias is right behind her in the mirror and he's dressed up for a ball and so they go to the the ball and that actually happens. But what it was is that um, Elias spilled a bunch of red punch on her. And so um, anyway, they basically she will scry on him like she will look in the mirror and find him in the mirror. And they like have lots of interactions that way, too. Like she just like spies on him and he's like, oh, you're there. And they talk yeah. to each other. I don't know. It's it was like, like a really up? cute. It was a really cute. I thought it was a really cute relationship as they were like getting to know each other. And I liked that he liked that she was odd. Like I liked yeah. that he liked that she was not the same sort of um, woman that he was used to, which has a lot of emotions. I think that he preferred the way that she was, which was um, just sort of like, direct direct very direct (laughs) not emotional like very logical I feel like they both had a touch of the tism you know like it was just (laughs) like that was that was it felt that way like it felt like it was talking about neuroatypicality that's how I was like reading it in a modern sense you know you're thinking like you know in this is how the magical world works but it just felt like she just didn't process emotions the same way like a neurotypical person would Mm -hmm. and he liked that about her and I just I loved that that it was like she's odd but like the right kind of odd for him (laughs) right I I actually really liked um like all of that, that with their banter back and forth, that was again really entertaining. She was, she like held it together when she needed to. Obviously, it was really really challenging for her. But then when she was able to kind of let go, oh she it, she was so entertaining. Yes. And there, like even with Albert in there too, and he wasn't like I really liked Albert. I felt yes. so bad for him the entire. He was probably one of my favorite characters because he was very patient and he wasn't odd like dora and elias but he was really he was such a good friend he was like elias would spew like hatred towards him obviously like just being really grumpy and and albert was like it's cool man like take take us take a breather and then come yeah he was able to like understand where elias was coming from Mm -hmm. and he was just a very understanding guy I really perfect. liked him. I liked yeah. him too. I would have mm-hmm. been okay if he had ended up having a having a relationship with Dora, but yeah, same. Yeah, but in the <laughs> end, I was happy with how things turned out. Um, so anyway, Elias also is trying. So he's trying to he's trying to uh, cure the sleeping sickness, but he also wants to find the other half of Dora's soul, which he found out is in fairy. And they they basically apparently Elias grew up in fairy, and so and that's why he's so magical. <laughs> He he might be part fairy, but she doesn't really know. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's in part two. 
Oh yeah. Which I, I will read. So, so he, um, basically they, they, they have two missions, one to figure out what's going on with the sleeping sickness and one to, um, oh, I guess three missions, one to figure out the sleeping sickness, one to figure out like how to get the other half of her soul back. And the third is to like, try to right the injustices of Regency England because they, I I do want to mention like super fast, like going back to Vanessa, just Mm. What yes. we said, what you said at the beginning, like super kind, like ride or die, you know, with Dora and stuff like that. But the reason why she really wanted to go to London was to meet this guy, Elias, because she was like, if anybody's going to find Dora's other half of her soul, it's going to be this guy. I thought it was right. really great. Really, really great that that yes. was like, she was not selfish at all, um, even though, you know, her mom was like, oh, we got to get you married and, you know, all those things. And Vanessa was like, I, I want this. Like, I really, my true reason for coming here is like, sure, that's going to be a bonus if I get married. But for Dora and Elias to meet. That was her really number one her. objective. Yes. Mm-hmm. Her number one objective was that. And then like, she actually really wasn't that interested in the marriage mm-hmm. part of things. It was an obligation she has to do. But her, you're right. This was the large part of the reason why they came to London to, in the first place. Because it was actually something Dora suggested, saying that Lord Sorcier at that first ball was saying the Lord Sorcier was like, can do four impossible things before breakfast. And so that sparked the, um, the quest for Vanessa. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, basically, you know, we can fast forward to like the end, which is they eventually <laughs> she she tries to scry on Elias because her aunt Frances is like, Vanessa's getting engaged. Fuck yeah, you. Get out of here. You need to <laughs> we leave. Don't need you. <laughs> and she's like, but wait, I'm in love with this guy and I need to like let him know because even though she only has half a soul, she can still feel, I guess, the really like the deep underlying love. I guess that makes sense that love itself is not a flash emotion. It's a deep, long tailed emotion, right? That you can feel um, very deeply so she can feel it. So she tries to scry on him and ends up getting lost in the mirror where she finds the other half of her soul embodied in another version of herself, like an identical twin. And she goes by Theodora and she is has all of those flighty emotions so she's extremely emotional so all the things that dora herself is missing is in theodora the theodora version of herself in lord hollowvale's mansion and as soon as she gets in there she doesn't have her she had the scissors she used to have the scissors the iron scissors always around her neck protecting her um and then for some reason she didn't have it that day when she went scrying and she landed into fairy isn't Both it because when hers. you're scrying, like your body is still here, but you're like, that's Correct. why, right? Her mm-hmm. body was like, yeah, her soul, behind. her soul was gone. Yeah. yeah. So she fell into the sleeping plague. And when she goes over there, she finds that Lord Hollowvale um, is the one who is bringing the children, children's souls. She's he's bargaining for children's souls with the um, horrible guy who owns the work the workhouses yeah or one of the workhouses yeah horrible douche who's like selling the children Mm -hmm. um for a price it's like just bartering their souls and so the kids are in a workhouse i thought this was so sad they're in a workhouse like identical even down to the smells Mm -hmm. just because he thinks lord hallvale wants to like have things look the same as england and he's like oh the all the best english people have you know a workhouse here with you know with these kids and the kids are just like not doing anything 
like me like meaningful they're just like tying well, and like untying tying rope. and untie rope yeah. yeah that was i thought that was that's no, I, I thought that that was felt very fairy tale like for me like that was like very typical for a fairy tale to have something like odd like that and so she's like oh these are the kids like she recognized one of the girls as like being in the sleeping sickness that she's been tending to and so um she's like okay well i have to save these souls i have to find elias i have to like try and get out of here and before she knows it, there's like they're going to put on a ball and she instigates that they're going to have a ball to show show off these daughters, I guess. And um, they go to the ball and at the ball, Lord Blackthorn shows up. Oh, 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 she has a chaperone for the for the ball. And she is told by the chaperone that if you make eye contact with any man here, we will gouge out your eyeballs. And so yeah. she is like, okay, can't do that. And she is also told that if any any person at the dance dances with her more than one dance, then they have to marry her. They're obligated to marry her. Again, this is feels very fairy tale to me. So she um so she's well, the dancing. Other, the other thing is, is that everybody is invisible to her. Yes. Right. Like until she's introduced. Yeah, yeah. Until she's so she's like bumping into people. Can't yes. get her groove down because she's yes. can't see anybody there except for the person that she's introduced to. Yes. I I thought that was I, I actually kind of like that little detail. I thought that part was also entertaining for me too. Yeah. I mean, uh, the Not whole the thing gouging was, out eyes, but no, like the you whole know. thing. No, all of that was entertaining <laughs> to me. Like I just thought the whole thing was really clever. Like I just liked the way that this that that this author was spinning the story. Like it worked for me very much. <laughs> so they she finally she's like, Oh, I, I, I can see the person I'm dancing with. I've never been introduced before, but she hears the voice and she knows that Elias is here and he's dancing with her and she like gives him the lowdown and um he gives her the scissors, even though it like hurts him to hold them because he, I think he's part fairy and it hurts his magic and all that stuff. She, he gives her the scissors and says, you have to cut these threads and that'll like untie all the souls that, that he's taken and send them back to like the re- regular world. And she's thinking, well, what about all these ki- the kids whose bodies died, but their souls are still here? And, she, and he says that the souls will go on to wherever they're supposed to go where they'll be happy, right? Mm-hmm. Like it'll just snap them back to the way things would be if they died in regular life. And so she is about, like he's distracting Lord Hollowvale and like starts dueling with him. And um, and she just goes and instead of, instead of using the scissors to cut the ties, she uses them to stab Lord Hollowvale <laughs> and kill him. And so when he dies, she's like, she was like almost had the opportunity to like meld her soul back together, mend her soul back together with uh, Theodora, the other half. But for some reason they made the choice to stay separate so that she could. So whoever kills the heir, um, if you are, if so the only way to like inherit in fairy is to kill your, your um, dad, I guess, or whoever's <laughs> ruling. So Theod- Theodora, who'd been there, was considered his daughter. He considered her the daughter. So Theodora's like, I claim my powers back and then shoves, like, basically allows Dora to leave, but with just ha- the, the initial half of her soul. And mm-hmm. Theodora stays behind and takes over in fairy. Rules. And Dora- yeah, and she's like a nice yeah. lady. She decides to be like the nice... <laughs> Does nice, nice work. A nice fairy now yeah and and um 
and be be kind and Dora gets kicked back into her body and the the only other the kid and then and a newborn that he tried to steal um or I guess buy both wake up and eventually um as she's like recuperating Elias comes back and they get married and live happily ever after (laughs) except for then the in the end um in the end so she it says in like the epilogue that um she ends up eventually after living a good life like she and elias do go back to fairy and Mm -hmm. then they mend their her soul and then they live happily ever after so i don't think that they're gonna have like a a next story necessarily it might be another story in the same oh maybe i don't know what's in book two it could be about vanessa in i forgot his name edward or something is it edward it could be about them maybe we'll see because we kind of like don't hear much i mean this is not her story no but we kind of you know it kind of gets fallen off we don't really know what happened with vanessa yeah it wasn't her story but this is i'm used to this is what i'm used to too in in like regency romance like the just the regular romance novels that are historical period romance novels set in this time period is like you're introduced to like secondary characters like Vanessa that you when you go to the next book it is about them Mm -hmm. and then they introduce other characters or there's like a group of people that you meet um you know just a little bit and then you go on to the next book and it's about them like the Bridgerton series is all about like one Bridgerton family with like eight children and each book is like the the marriage or the romance of the next child right so it goes through every single one of eight so you know you know all the characters in the world because you meet them as you go along but you don't get all the information until it's like their book Mm -hmm. well you let me know how it is and who it's i will (laughs) okay so let's just get to ratings then um well how would you rate the writing um, I actually liked the writing. It was really easy to follow. This was like a light, um, oh yeah, light and breezy, oh yeah, read. So mm-hmm. I liked it. I don't know if I would say it was a five. I'll give it a four. Okay, um, it's a five out of five for me. It was exactly where I wanted to be. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I have to tell you that I was smiling like an idiot while reading like 90% of this book. <laughs> I truly, I was like sitting here like my cheeks were hurting as I was reading because I just loved this book. Okay. Um, how would you rate your drink? Oh, my drink was very strong <laughs> and um, I liked that. I would say that it was like not the best tasting one, but because it was really strong, I'd give it a three. It messed you how up though. You? you texted me. Yeah. Yes. How about you? <laughs> uh, oh, a pink drink, easy five. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the taste of summer. Um, how would you rate for plot? Um, uh, this one's really tough because uh, there are aspects of the book that I really, really liked, but then others that I was like, again, I like things wrapped up in a, in a bow. Um, and so there are some things that I thought were like, why are we talking about this? Like, how is this going to be relevant to the story yes the author was able to do that but i found some loose pieces so i would say three what about okay. you five <laughs> <laughs> is everything a five it, it is well no not spice there's no spice yeah. in this book the romance yes. I, the romance is is i would say a four for me that's my next the rating because like it wasn't it wasn't a romance it wasn't necessarily a romance centric book i feel like yeah. this is this is more along the lines of a fantasy novel 
mm-hmm. um, with with a flare of romance. Like I can't mm-hmm. read a fantasy novel without it. And I would say I would say like a three point five to four. I liked I liked the enemies to lovers aspect of Elias w- and Dora, like the banter and everything like that. I would say four. A How four? Yeah. Oh, I would say a three. Yeah. I, again, I like that ba- banter too, but I, I was hoping it would speed up a little bit. It's not, it wasn't romance centric. Like it, this is like more of a fantasy novel. Yeah. But still. Um, okay. <laughs> How do you rate overall? Um, Actually, like a 3.5. I didn't okay. hate it, but yeah. I didn't, again, yeah. I, there, there were things that I thought was out of place. So a 3.5, I think it's pretty good for me. This is a five for That's me. That's probably the highest... Three that's, point. That's the highest I've rated a fantasy, a fantasy book. book that we. Yeah. Read. This is a five for me. Like this was a five, <laughs> like no doubt about it. Like I just loved it. I will read it probably like three or four more times. Like there is no doubt that I will go back and read this book for sure. Like how, I. Do you know how many it. are in the series? I don't. I haven't read for. Oh, I didn't want to read any. I didn't even read like the afterword because I didn't want to get confused with anything that happened in the, in the actual book when I did this mm-hmm. when when I did the recording today. Um, so I will like finish it and then continue, but I just, w- I didn't want to like muddy, like the mu- I already, I already like forget what's happening in a book, you know, yeah. two or three days after I've read it. So, um, I, I don't know, but I will be reading more of it because it was so yeah. good. So let me know. Yeah. This is my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite book that I've read since Akratar. I think like I like, really? yeah, I would, this is the Whoa. only five star. Well, no, I, I also rated like, I rated a couple more, a five star, um, so um, the tra- the um, there's another book called um, Legends and Lattes, which is written by Travis Baldry. It's a, a male author. Yeah, it's a, I'm really it's, surprised. <laughs> it's a it's a um, like a low. It, they call it a low stakes fantasy, which mm-hmm. is basically not a lot happens. It's like just a comfort read. Like when you read it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like very high stakes. And so you're not feeling like adrenaline and you're not feeling like anxiety. You're just like in a good setting with a good story. It feels like curling up with a, like, it feels like the idea of curling up in front of a fireplace with a book and a cup of tea and just like having an enjoyable evening without like any of like the ups and downs. Like there's, there's ups, but no, not a whole lot of downs. And so that was a five star for its like category. And this is a five star in a similar vein. Like I know I did not feel a lot of anxiety reading this book. I didn't feel frustration. I just like enjoyed. I was like along for the story. I enjoyed the story along the way. Like and I was grinning while I was reading it. So five (laughs) five stars for me. Um, I will read it again and I'll continue to read it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I... You let me know how the rest of it goes. I, I might give it a try. Like yeah, you don't have to. I, I, it's not your. No, if it's they're not short. It is short. No, but if they're short, yeah. Yeah, that's the nice thing. It was. That's another thing that was like a plus for it because, mm-hmm. like, when you're going in on something like Akatar, a court of thorns and roses, um, you're in. You're in it for the long haul because those mm-hmm. books, those suckers are like, uh, uh, you know, seven hundred, eight hundred pages. Like you're in mm-hmm. it. But this was like, you know. A little short, little. like 250 or something. Yeah. Well, well, well sometimes with all my murder books, I get really scared, and so I need a light read in between. Mm-hmm. So this could be something that I read. Yeah. See, this is like <laughs> this is like an antith- antithetical to the murder books. Like this has <laughs> has it's just light and fizzy and just 
sweet and like there's some like not great aspects to it like you don't want to read about what's happening in the workhouses or you mm-hmm. know you know there's some like unsavory pieces to it but most of it is like pretty low stakes so yeah. you're just like not having any stress and you're just like and if it's, <laughs> if it's no written stress. well which this one was and if mm-hmm. it was paced well which i think this one was again it was short and paced well then you're like it was an a book I didn't I didn't want to put down and I was staying up late to read and I was reading it in between my patients and I was like I don't want another patient to come like please no show so I can read (laughs) and like even like when my coworkers were coming down the hall to chat with me I'd be like can you go away I have like three pages left of this book can you just go I'm just gonna be rude I actually had one of my coworkers come by and he was like you look like he's like hi how's it going and I like turn and look and I was like oh I'm great and then and he's like wow you look really well rested I was like no I'm just (laughs) reading a really good book (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh you know what's I wanted to bring this up to you so one of my friends was in town last weekend and I was telling her about this book that I was you know for the podcast I was reading and she was asking me if I've ever read any Amish romance novels absolutely not no she said they're so good and I was like Listen, listen, I can't do it. I can't do it. Have you seen Amish men? I can't do it. They have like mutton chop. They have like mutton chop facial hair that like that poofs. Like there's no way. Like, I'm sorry, but Samuel is not going to light a fire in my pants. I just cannot. She said they were really good. And I will admit we I used to live in Cincinnati and I went down the rabbit hole of like Amish people and I got really interested in it. So I, I, I find it interesting, but I don't want to imagine them doing it. I just don't. I have you seen them? Have you seen yes. them? Like in yes, person? I have. Like with yes. the mutton chops? Like I can't yeah. do the mutton chops. I can't. I can't. Listen, let me just tell you that every man in romance, uh, in every book that I read, the ma- the male character that is supposed to be like our like love interest he is henry cavill for me like i just imagine henry cavill superman um oh the like Witcher. old school superman no wait henry i don't cavill. know i don't know i'll send you like... a photo okay he but... is like he he has like here there's a fantasy version of him there's like a hot like boss version of him in a suit there's like rugged whatever <laughs> i'll show you okay this is like who i imagine there is no Amish version of Henry Cavill. There isn't. And I can't. I'm going to put it into J- chat GPT and find it. <laughs> I refuse. I'm not going to put Oh my God, I'm shop. going to do I'm that. Not put, I'm not going to put mutton shop facial hair on Henry Cavill. Okay, no, I'm so, going to do that. But I would, I would probably read it, but I think I would just find it funny because I can't. Like, could you imagine? Like, I just can't do it. It's too much. All right. So let's, let's, move, let's move on to the next book. Uh, well, I'm intrigued, but, and so I might go down that rabbit hole. Well, you anyway, know what? Pick one okay. for the podcast. I will read it. <laughs> Pick one for the podcast. I'll read it. Put it down the list of things okay, that yeah, we'll read. Okay, that's mandatory. Okay. I might do that. Okay, so our next book for episode 13 is something that we're super excited about because of one of the books we read a couple of weeks ago. Um, this one is Yours Truly by Abby Jimenez. Um, it's Jimenez. Um, so it's supposed to be about the friend in um, part of your world that we read about a couple of weeks ago. Weeks? It was months. It was that was was early. that months? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. It, feel, it feels like, like weeks. episode like five or six. Really? Yeah. Oh absolutely. my gosh. Yeah, Jeez. Yeah. 
Well, so. it's isn't that friend's name Audrey or Aubrey? Brianna. 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 Wow, I'm really way off. Well, Girl. anyway, I'm super happy to read this one. I know that you and I have been. It was episode to get six. Jeez, oh, episode yeah, six. Six weeks ago. Well, oh, you no, and no. I have been... twelve weeks ago. Jeez. Yeah. Well, anyway, you and I have been so excited to get this from the library. We've been we've been on a list for weeks and we weeks, have. but we finally got it, yep. and so that's going to be our next episode. Well, I think at this point everybody has access to it, so yeah. Yeah. But we were getting it from the library. So yes. Most people, I think, bought it. So yeah. a lot of people have read it. <laughs> That's true at this point. Yeah, it's been out for it's been out for a while. When we were yeah. when we were talking about it, it hadn't even actually it was so long ago that we did the, the episode that um, it hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. It was like on it was like going to be released like a, a month or so after we released yeah. the podcast. It was released April 11th. All right. So yours truly by Abby Jimenez. Next book, guys. Happy reading. Thanks yeah, for joining thanks us. Thanks for joining us. Happy reading, everybody. Mm-hmm.